0: And let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 43, verse 16. Isaiah 43, verse 16. And then we will skip 17 and move on to 18 and 19. 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. 18 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There is nothing impossible with our God. You may think that your situation is impossible. No one can solve your problem. That is true. No one can solve your problem. You're perfectly right. But we're not talking as God as no one. God is beyond everyone. And so he can make a way in the sea, a path through the mighty waters, road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, when he can do all that Can't he take care of your problem and my problem? He will, if we only go to him. Now, let me take you back in time to a place where there seemed to be no hope. The people of God, the Israelites, had been taken out of Egypt, and they were on their way to the promised land, Canaan. But as they traveled out of Egypt, they reached a point where the uncrossable Red Sea was in front of them, and the chasing army of Pharaoh and the Egyptians was behind them. An uncrossable sea in front, raging waters of the Red Sea, an enemy chasing at the back, spitting fire, bent upon massacring the Israelites. And if we read Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, we hear the cry of the people of God. And this is what they said. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, the cry of these Israelites was real, and it was legitimate. This is not a fairy tale. There seemed to be no hope. Here is a raging ocean in front of you. It's a huge sea. It's not a tiny river. It's a huge sea, the Red Sea. And there is the army of Pharaoh chasing at the back. They couldn't see a way forward. And behind them, death was chasing them. But we all know the story. I'm not going to repeat the story. The only message we have here is God made a way. As we have heard in the testimonies right now, God made a way. Here, too, for the Israelites. When there was an uncrossable sea in front and a chasing army at the back, God made a way. And so the Israelites, the children of God, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground and they made it to the other side. And the disaster and the destruction that Pharaoh had planned upon the Israelites fell upon the Egyptians themselves. Whatever destruction Pharaoh had planned, had voiced, and said that he was going to destroy Israel and Israelites, all those people who have left his land, he wanted to massacre them. Who were massacred? It was the Egyptians. The Israelites didn't lose a single life. It was the Egyptians who lost life. Let me take you 40 years forward. Again, the people of Israel, grumbling, mumbling, complaining all the time. So these were the complaining children of God. And they had traveled the land for 40 years, going here and going there and going everywhere. And now they had reached the river Jordan. Their great leader, Moses, had died And every other man and woman who had come out of Egypt was dead. And now they see across the river the Promised Land. But to get across that river, that's not so easy. Because the River Jordan, again, is not like the parched rivers that we see in Chennai at the moment. This was a huge river. The River Jordan is big. It has ships traveling on it, not boats. It has ships traveling on it. And it is simply not possible to just get across. So on the other side is the promised land. They can see it. They can visualize it. That's the land that's been promised to them. But there was an obstacle. As in the case of so many of us, We see the promise of what we should be getting, but there are obstacles. You know what you have is what you should be getting is right there. You can see it. It's just out of your grasp because there are obstacles. These obstacles may be of different types, but whatever it is, there is an obstacle. And here too, the Israelites they had an obstacle in front of them. But unlike the situation 40 years back, death was not chasing them. They had meandered the land for 40 years, gone here, gone there, mumbling, grumbling, eating manna all the time. But nobody was chasing them from the back. So if you read Joshua chapter 1, 2, and 3, which I shall not read now, You will understand that there was an obstacle in front, but the situation was not that critical as it was 40 years back. But then, if we continue reading and read Joshua chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, this is what we find. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. And again we know the story of how the river Jordan was parted and how the Israelites walked through. In other words, the message of the story simply is, God made a way. To the children of God, God always makes the way. So if you haven't found your way, the first question you really need to ask is, am I a child of God? Because when the people came out of Israel, they were the children of God. God made a way. When they crossed the River Jordan, the Israelites were described as the Israelites, the children of God. And God made a way. So there is something about this relationship, that's very important, and we shall address that in a few minutes' time. But let me take you again for the last time in the history story. Let me take you a few hundred years forward from the River Jordan. And man had been living on earth for centuries, doing whatever he wanted to do, disobeying God, sinning, and landing himself under the clutches of Satan. Man could have stayed away from Satan. Man chose not to stay away from Satan, and instead stayed away from God. And so throughout the history of uh, the Israelites, you go from book to book to book to book, till you come to that 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew, The people sinned and sinned and sinned and disobeyed God and disobeyed God and disobeyed God. They cried to God. God gave them a solution. They turned to God for a moment and then they sinned again. They disobeyed God. They did what was wrong in the sight of God. They chased other gods. They chose to follow the patterns of worship that their neighbors were following. They chose to live a lifestyle which was very similar to what their neighbors were following. When God had told them that they had a particular lifestyle to follow, they had to do certain things. They had to worship in in a particular way, but they forgot all of that. And so they were, man was getting closer and closer to the devil, was getting very much under the thumbprint of the devil, men and women. And then you would find that it looked like there was no future for man. That was the end. That was the end of you and me. There was simply no future. There was no hope for the future because they, And us today here might be under the bondage of Satan. They were. Some of us here might be under the bondage of Satan. Basically, men and women were lost. Are you lost? I'm giving you time to think. Because clearly we know that not everybody is found. So are you in the found or in the lost? But God loved us too much to let us go to the devil. God said, no, these are my people. These are my people. This guy is my son. This is what God said. He said, you are God's son, and so are you, son and daughter. He said, no, I love them too much to let them go to the devil. And so in John 3.16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I think the clue, the critical point here is simply that for God so loved the world. Now he didn't like the, he's not bothered about loving the the land or or whatever is around, the immaterial things. He loved you and me. And he said, why are these people struggling under the clutches of the devil? I need to do something about them. And so he said, I'm going to be in their midst. And so Jesus Christ comes. And again, I'm not going to tell you the story of Christmas. But Jesus Christ came, born on this earth as a man, as a baby. Grew up in obedience to his parents. Started a ministry. And then in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he tells us why he came to earth. His objective was very clear from the very beginning. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek the lost, He came to save the lost. God came down on earth and started looking around and searching and saying, I am going to seek out A and B and C and D and E and F and X and Y and Z. And I am going to give them another opportunity so that they shall not be lost. We'll have to get them out of the clutches of the devil. Again, now this is not a new story, what I'm telling you. But then no story in Victory Night is ever a new story. The story simply is that God made a way. Just like he did at the Red Sea, God made a way. And as he did at the River Jordan, God made a way. And when there seemed to be no hope for you and for me, we were burdened by the the bags of sin and the, 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 the weight of sin that we were carrying. And we were bound for hellfire. Because the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And I was a sinner. Was anybody, anybody here who was not a sinner? I'm saying was not a sinner. I'm not even asking about your present condition. So every one of us, we know that we were sinners. And if we were sinners, there was no hope for us. It would be hellfire. Now, I usually ask my students to do a little test. I don't know when uh, my, manage, my college administration is going to fire me for this. But I tell them that smoking is bad. Anybody disagrees with me on that? I mean smoking, cigarette smoking. You know that stick with a fire at one end and a fool at the other end? OK, yeah, you have different names for it. OK, so I keep telling them. When I talk to them about the respiratory system, I tell them that smoking is bad. and. Uh, I also tell them, I have to tell them a little bit about the normal structure, and so I'm going to give you a little class in anatomy. Uh, Maybe some of you here will know it, but the rest of you can learn some anatomy. We have some hair throughout our trachea. Trachea is the windpipe, is the pipe, is the tube through which air enters into our lungs. And there is a bit of hair that grows from here to here on the inside. Okay, it's not like this, it's not hair like this, or, I mean, okay. Uh, But it's very fine hair. It's not meant to be hair as hair. It's meant to be a structure which actually beats upwards. And what is the objective of that beating? Because there is a substance called mucus which is secreted into our windpipe. But the objective of the respiratory system of our lungs. is to breathe in oxygen, free oxygen from the atmosphere. You go to the hospital; they'll give it to you in a tube, and they'll charge you for it. Okay. So, tell me, b- believe me, if you want to get free oxygen, stay out of the hospital. Okay. Anyway, oxygen needs to enter into our system. Oxygen is a gas; it's an it's it's it's, it's not a liquid. So, our lung has got to be liquid free. So this mucus, which is produced, actually needs to come upwards. And for that, we have cilia. We have this little hair. So I tell my students that the first thing that is destroyed in smoking, long before all other changes come, is the hair is destroyed. And so the end result is now whatever liquid comes there actually goes into the lungs. And that is why you find that people who are chronic smokers are constantly coughing. Okay, because it is the fluid which seeps into their lung which causes a problem. So, obviously, my students don't believe me. Okay, like like many people don't believe me. Uh, And they don't believe me because many of them smoke. So, I tell them. Simple test. Take a matchstick, light it, and just bring it to your hair and see what happens. Okay, You, know, you will always find that there are some uh, non-wise guys in the class. And so they will go outside and they will test it. And then they come and tell me, my hair turned. And then my hair fell away. I said, good. And you could try it out. And then tell me whether you can stand that heat. Because if you can stand that heat, if you can bear that heat of that fire directly on your skin from a matchstick, stick, probably you might manage a few days in hell. But if you can't manage that, believe me, hellfire is terrible. We've got to understand that. Let's not play with hell. Let's not play around and think, think that, well, hell is just a place. It's hellfire. It's going to consume you inside and outside, but you won't die. And you will wish you could die. So that was the state we were in when God said, No, I love these people and I am going to make a way. God made a way for you and for me. And so we come to this moment right now, right here. I don't know why you are here, I don't know what burdens you bear. I don't know what trials and troubles you face. I don't know if you think that your future is hopeless. I don't know what obstacles lie in your path. I don't know if you know if you're going to heaven or not. There are a lot of things I don't know. But there is one thing I know. God has made a way. That I know. Before I close, many years back, I was in a situation where I couldn't see how the future was going to pan out. I needed huge amounts of money it was for my children's education. Uh, and I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I had no money with me. My bank balance was zero. And, but I couldn't tell my children that, because children look to their parents. And it was my job to provide for them. I couldn't tell them that their father couldn't provide for them. But I couldn't. I was in this land, by the way. You all, some of you know me at that time. And I just didn't know what to do. And I was driving my car, thinking, what am I going to do? Which bag- bank should I rob? Who's the rich person in church? Okay. I knew that I couldn't get into the bank account of Pastor Abraham. He's tight with the money of the church. He wouldn't give me. I didn't know what to do. I simply didn't know what to do. And as I was driving, like many people who are alone in cars, we like to have our music system on. And I had my music system on, and suddenly the song we started playing, I did not put it on, was, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Now, songs are constantly there in my car. It doesn't mean that I listen to every bit of it and absorb every bit of it. But as I was driving, as I was taking a curve up into Quarham Heights Road, suddenly it struck me, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And I said, I said right there, I said, God I don't know if you are talking to me. But I am going to take it that you are talking to me. Because I was prepared to grasp any straw. I said, I am taking it that you are talking to me. Henceforth, I will not talk about the financial needs for my children. Okay? A couple of months went by. My son had to be admit- admitted in uh, college. And straight away, I get the news that he gets a full scholarship. <laughs> did I do anything about it? No, I didn't. Who did it? God. So I don't know what your problem is. I don't know really. But I know one thing, and that's the only thing I want to impress upon you today. God will make a way. Because God's business is making ways. If you trust Him, if you believe on Him, just like you heard every brother, every sister who came up here to, to share a testimony, God made the way. Today, God is going to make a way. Okay. As you put it across to him, don't put it across to man. Go to the throne, don't, don't go to the phone. Go to the throne. He's the only one who can make a way. There may be a Red Sea. There may be a River Jordan in front of you. But God has made a way to overcome every obstacle. There may be evidence of your own sinful and disobedient life. And so you are not confident that you're going to make it to heaven. If you're not making it to heaven, you're making it to hell. Let's make that clear. There's nothing in between. So you've got to be absolutely sure. Sure. That's why when I ask somebody, I, I tell this to, to the, I, when I was a Friday school teacher, I used to tell this, uh, I've said this to the youth. I said, ask somebody. Where are they going when they die, heaven or hell? If somebody says that 99% I'm sure I'm going to heaven, you can be 100% sure that he's going to hell. Because if you have to make it to heaven, you have to be 100% sure. There is no place for a 0.1% point of doubt. Your relationship with God must be so sure that you know that if you drop dead right now, you will be in the presence of the Lord. That's it. No doubts. You may have doubts as to whether your family is going to bury you here or somewhere else. That's okay. You are gone. Let them bury you anywhere. Let them bury you. Let them burn you. Let them uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Where you should be is you should be in the presence of the Lord. Okay. God has made a way when he declared you not guilty. But now we come to the crucial part. You see, what I've been telling you so far, 25 minutes, is God has made a way. God makes ways. God will make a way. While all of us are sitting very comfortably, yeah, God will make a way. What am I supposed to do? For God to make a way, do I have to do something? You bet you have to do something. Nothing comes free in life. You can't sit back and say, God is going to make a way. I'm going to keep sinning. I'm going to keep doing, being disobedient to God. God will make a way. It doesn't work that way, brothers or sisters, young people. It doesn't work that way. There are a lot of things that we can do. But I will just pin three points to you this evening. Number one, call on the Lord. Number one, call on the Lord. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. You need to talk to God. You need to say, God, this is the mess I'm in. I can't do anything about this. Call on God. Don't expect your neighbor to call on God on your behalf. That's fine. That may happen. Don't pick your phone and call your cell leader, associate leader, everybody else, and say, please pray for my situation while you are doing nothing about it. I am not saying don't call. Your brothers and sisters in the church, in the cell, are there to help you out. They are there to stand with you, pray with you. But point number one is, you call on the Lord first. The Bible, you keep on reading, just Google the words, call on the Lord. And you will find umpteen number, Ephesians 4, 24. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In true righteousness and holiness created by God. Put on that man. Put on the man you were meant to be. Put on the person. That's for everybody. Put on the person God meant you to be. So what are the things that we need to put on? Godly nature. Study the word of God, find out what is God's nature. Tender-heartedness, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, faith. Forgiveness, godly love. This may look miserable from the worldly point of view. Okay, but this is what God wants. God says, put on the new person who you should be and let's work together, I will make the way for you. You be who I want you to be. I will make the way for you. You can't say, God, make the way for me, and I will do what I want to do. I will still be what I want to be. That doesn't work. And so, church, it's decision time. Do you want God to make a way for you? This is decision time. This is the time when you have to take a decision. Do you appear to be in a hopeless situation with no way forward? Do you see only obstacles in your path? Has your life been a life of sin and disobedience to God that all you see in front of you is the fire and the flames of hell? Today is a good day to return to the Lord. Now, I'm going to be asking two questions. So my first question is this. Is there anyone here who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior? In order for you to know God, so that he can make a way forward, you need to have a relationship with him. Don't put God on a pedestal. So do you know God? Is there anyone here who does not know the Lord? Maybe you've heard this question being asked time and time again. But that is one of the most important questions in life that you will need to answer. Church, why don't we be in an attitude of prayer? Well, I repeat that question. Is there anyone here who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior and would like to know the Lord, would like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior? If you are such a person, please stand up. Christ died so that you and I can live. If Christ had not died, you and I would die. My second question is simply this. It's for everyone. Is there anyone here who wishes to return, rededicate his or her life to the Lord? You know the Lord but you have moved away from him. Maybe it's the cares of this world, the challenges of life. Something has moved you away from God. You have lost your first love. All you see are obstacles and mountains, and you never think of turning to God. Do you think that you need to return, rededicate your life to the Lord? To say that, yes, Lord, I knew you, I know you, but I want to get back to you. If you are such a person, please do stand up and we'll pray together. This is a time of personal introspection. Do you need to call on the Lord? Do you need to put off something that's been creeping into your life and you want to rededicate yourself? Something that shouldn't be there has crept into your life insidiously. If you are such a person, choose to rededicate yourself this evening. It's God who makes the way. Thank you, Father. I just want to pray with my dear brothers, Lord Father, who have acknowledged you, Lord Father who have acknowledged that they need to get closer to you, Lord Father. Father, honor their faith, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will raise them up even as you draw them closer unto you, Lord Father. Father God, I thank you for their boldness, Lord Father, their understanding of their own situation, Lord Father, and their desire to get back to you, Lord Father. Father God, continue to use them. You, they knew you, Lord Father, you have already received them as your children, Lord Father. Father God, minister unto them, Lord. And work in them, Lord Father, and make them great men unto you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord Father, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers. You may sit down. God will make a way.
1: God will make a way where the sins to be no. cannot see here He walks in ways we cannot
2: Be on our feet. We will make a way. God, we make a way. When it seems to be no way, He is the only one that can make way. Yes, we see. He will make a way. If you believe that God can make a way in your life, give a clap offering to God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Right from the beginning of today's victory night, God has been making way. I hope you have hold on to that single word or that single sentence, or that single paragraph, or paragraphs in tonight's victory night. And that God will make that way for you in Jesus' name. Amen. You need to call upon him. You need to put off the old man, as we have heard. God make a way. Trust in him. Proverbs 3:5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Don't think that you can make the way yourself. It's only God that can make that way for you. All you need to do is to seek him and pray and ask for his intervention in all your situation. And he will make that way for you in Jesus' name. And whatever situation you are passing through, God is never caught up without a clue on how to sort out that problem for you. He always has a plan for you. All you need to do is just keep walking. Keep walking. And at the end of the day, there will be light. And that light will shine into your life in Jesus' name. And even in time of doubt or uncertainty, you need to know that God is the only one that can work it out for you. All you need to do is to trust in him. And closely, I want you to look at Isaiah 59, verse 1. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the lost hand is not shorting that it cannot save. Nor is ear is heavy, that it cannot hear. Call upon him, he will make a way. His hand is not shutting to deliver you. And I pray that God will set you free in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to appreciate God. And Lord, I thank you because in that red sea, you have made a way for me. In that desert, you have made a way for me. Father, I appreciate you. We are going to the second, second half of this year. appreciating appreciate him that he has made that way. From the testimony that we have had this night... Even when people are thinking that the door has been closed in man here, God remember them and make a way. Your situation is not different. Your situation is not worse more than that. If God can make a way for that widow and Elijah, he can make a way for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We thank you. We glorify you. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you, we bless your name, we lift you up, we glorify you, because you are the God that make way. Where where we are thinking, there is no way. Father, we thank you for every doors that you have opened for us. We thank you for every ways that you have made for us. We thank you for every way that you are making right now. We glorify you, because you are going to make way for us for the rest of this year and beyond, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I don't know what your, 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 the brethren are passing through. And I pray a decree right now where they are thinking that the road is closed. Father, I want you to send the Buddhas of the Almighty God to that place and make that way for them. In the mighty name of Jesus. You made the way on the Red Sea. You are still the same God. You can make a wider way for us. Father, we pray all areas of our life that we are thinking the road is closed. Father, make a way in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. I pray for the grace of God, the grace that speak, that speak the way, the grace that elevates, the, the, the grace that distinguishes, and the, the grace that reposition into a good way that Lord will grant you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. All our prayer that we have offered unto you night, this night, Father, we pray that as we step out of this place, we shall find our way in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that we have burned, remain burned in the mighty name of Jesus. And everything that we have loose shall remain loose in Jesus' name. You are free, the Lord has made way for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. Lord, we remember your servant that you have used this night. We pray that you will anoint him more in Jesus' name. That you continue to make way for him and his family in the mighty name of Jesus. We remember those that are not here, those that have traveled. Lord, as you have made this way for us. Father, make a wider way for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. And for the rest of our program for this year, Father, continue to make way in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. As we go now, Father, go with us in Jesus' name. Let us reach our various destinations safely in the mighty name of Jesus. And when next we meet here for the next program, Father, take over in Jesus' name. Take glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.